Welcome back. Here we are, episode 27 of the ebook Revolution. Thanks for listening. Thanks for all of you who uh, tune into the podcast from time to time and um, get some information and inspiration, I hope, about this whole independent writer publishing thing. And it can be a big thing. We've got a great show coming up today for episode 27. Um, what a way to start. We're talking to Cheryl Lawson, um, a fantastic new science fiction writer, and she's written a book called We Are Mars, part one of the Rubicon saga. But um, we'll get back to that in a little minute. How are you? How's it going? How's your writing going? Going well, I hope. Um, hitting all your, all your goals, all that stuff. It's hard to get motivated and keep motivated, and I find it's always good to um, refill the tank, if you will. And that can be as simple as, you know, going for a walk in the park. Um, where I live, in northern New South Wales of Australia, we're a bit blessed with um, some absolutely beautiful national parks and... Um, my partner and I, um, she's a, a very keen bushwalker and even though she's only been living in the area for a short time compared to me, she's um, helping me rediscover the beauty of the place and it's it's bloody nice to get out there and um, just realising you're, you're walking through um, uh, some incredible scenery that hasn't really changed much since... Um, Old Captain Cook sailed up the east coast of Australia. That's how I recharge my batteries. Um, and speaking of the east coast of Australia, more recently I was just at the um, Byron Bay Blues and Roots Music Festival. Um, actually, I don't think it's called <laughs> that anymore. That's its old name. It's now just called Blues Fest. And I was lucky enough to attend um, their 30th anniversary. 30 days of, of music, blues, roots and and blues rock in a beautiful Byron, Byron Bay in uh, northern New South Wales. Um, most people from Australia would know where that is if you're listening from out of Australia. It's uh, like a little bit of hippie California <laughs> far up on the north coast. But the event itself is uh, just astounding. I'm, I love music. I'm a musician, and that's another way I recharge my batteries is uh, just listening to live music. And um, what a treat we had. Um, the standout, standout show would have to be Fantastic Negrito. Now, get if you haven't heard him yet, if you're a blues fan, as I am, um, Fantastic Negrito. Uh, his, his last two albums have won two Grammys. Um, I think you're going to be hearing even more about him. Probably the most incendiary and extraordinary uh, stage performances I've ever seen. We actually went <laughs> to see all three shows that he, he was on at Byron and uh, got to meet the man. And he was just a humble, lovely, beautiful man. Just insanely talented if you know know your blues and soul um he is like the incant 
incarnation of Jimi Hendrix and James Brown, and he's certainly got the snappy dress sense of uh, James Brown. But, you know, I digress. Um, That's what I've been doing, and uh, I'd like to give you a bit of a catch-up. But I think it's important to recharge your batteries uh, during this um, whole self-published writing thing. You know, it's a lot of hard work um, getting your first book out, if if that's what you're doing or you're, you're aspiring to be a writer and get your first book out. It is a lot of hard work. You've got to sit down. You've got to um, get that thing happening. You've got to put the work in every single day. To You've got to make goals. You've got to do all that. But, you know, we're, we're only flesh and blood. It's bloody exhausting. And if you're, you're balancing a family and other commitments... You know, it's easy to, to listen to advice from people like me in your headphones or wherever you're listening, or listen to um, yeah. The, the, there's so many motivation motivational blogs and podcasts about you know, becoming a writer, and I, I've um, I create some of them myself, <laughs> but I also read a lot. There's some fantastic blogs out there. And they all have the same motivational message, which is, um, you know, um, do the work, turn up, sit in your bum and write. If you want to be a writer, you've got to write. But as I was saying leading into this, that that's all well and good. And you do have to do that. But you also need to recharge your batteries as well. You need to do the things that you really love, whatever that is, you know. If it's uh, cooking, uh, walking, swimming, or like me, um, <laughs> drinking <laughs> drinking far too much red wine than I should probably admit to, or is um, healthy. Um, I must admit, I had to see the, the doctor the other week, and uh, we, we got to the subject of alcohol. And he said, how much do you drink? And um, I told him, uh, oh couple of glasses a day. Well, let's just say that's a little white lie. Maybe maybe a couple more, but not every day. <laughs> but do what you love, you know. We are here to be happy, aren't we? And if writing makes you happy, um, get on with it and be happy, but don't neglect the other things that make you happy. Um, friends, family, music, love, life. Oh my, I'm, I'm getting very philosophical in, in episode 27 of the ebook Revolution podcast. Um, could be down to uh, my post Blues Fest um, ennui. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's really quite an extraordinary experience, and it does take about a week. Um, to uh, float back down to earth and uh, yeah I'm a a little bit late with this podcast I've been trying hard to keep to the schedule uh, one a month uh, on the 27th but of course um, uh, being up at Byron sort of pushed that up and uh, a few other issues um, business issues but I I won't bore you with details Um, Let's get back to why you're listening. Enough about me. 
we've heard a bit about you. <laughs> this show is all for you. It's all about you. It's all about your aspirations to, to become a writer and to become a published writer. And uh, it's just possible, more than possible, if you just put in the work. That's all it takes. And uh, somebody who has put in the work is Cheryl Lawson, who uh, I talked to about a month ago and uh, just uh, takes a little while to put these podcasts together. But um, Cheryl is a very successful self-published author. She's taken the bull by the horns. Cheryl has done the work. Um, Cheryl lives in Kamloops, British Columbia, Columbia in Canada, with her husband and son. And uh, she grew up in South Africa, moved to Canada in 2006. And um, after a long career as a graphic designer, photographer and artist, Cheryl began pursuing writing full-time. And she released her first non-fiction book in 2016. When she's not writing, she has a passion for nature through both art and photography and um, also watercolour paintings. So, um, as I say, it's important to have interests outside writing because it will make you more interesting. And Cheryl's certainly very interesting. Her first fiction book is called The Rubicon Saga, We Are Mars. Actually, the book is We Are Mars. It's part of the Rubicon Saga. It'll, it will be a trilogy. This is book one that's just been released. Let's um, listen to a bit of the synopsis here. The year is 2128. For the people of Rubicon, Mars is home, hostile and unforgiving. But when, but still home. When Rubicon is taken by surprise by an unexpected and deadly threat, it's a race against time and a desperate fight to stay alive. Jack Sandana, Ridley and Chuck, Lenny and Malia all stand on opposite sides of a class divide, battling passions and tensions in equal measure. But can they work together to avert a disaster? Could the fundamental differences between them be the key to their survival or their destruction? To make matters worse, unsettling events on Earth put the entire Mars mission at risk, and Rubicon, with little choice left, declares its independence. The news of this is not welcomed by powerful politicians that devise dubious plans to shelve the settlement once and for all. Mistakes are made, allegiances shift, and lives hang in the balance. No one can be trusted as allies become enemies and the true nature of life on Mars is revealed. One wrong move, and it could be your last. Now, this is a fantastic book. I've um, read it, I've downloaded it, and I highly recommend you do the same. That's We Are Mars. We'll talk more about the book with Cheryl right now. I've got Cheryl Lawson with me. Well, hi, Cheryl, and congratulations on We Are Mars. It's it's a great story. I've just started reading and I downloaded it. Oh, great. What, Thank you. That's great. What was your inspiration? Um, I think that it all came about because I'd seen a lot of talk on media and um, 
I'm, I'm kind of a bit of a science buff, space buff myself. So there's been an increase in activity around the whole idea of going to Mars um, and establishing uh, humans on Mars, um, particularly amongst the sort of private sector. SpaceX is leading that charge. And mm. uh, I think, you know, NASA doesn't want to get left behind. So they've got plans to get up there as well. Not to mention the fact that they've got a bunch of rovers that they've been sending up for for a number of years already, and um, it's just it's become a uh, a topic again, and it came to mind, and I thought, well, what happens once they've been there for a while? Mm-hmm. Where do we go from there? So the story picks up the thread beyond the the sort of established uh, colony phase. Um, they're there for a while, and and the idea is that what happens to them now that they're there? That's that's a great setup, and of course, that's the setup for for every sci-fi story, isn't it? What if? Yes, exactly. It's that speculation about can they survive certain challenges, and and I throw everything in the book at them. Um, you know, the 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 book book two that I'm busy. Um, editing at the moment they, they face another whole new set of challenges and then i've got a final book in the series that um pretty much brings the story to a close but i put them through the ringer these characters don't get off lightly <laughs> you've um, i've read some of the reviews you've you've gotten on amazon already and um there's, there's quite a lot of praise for your world building and uh, some fantastic reviews. Um, Thank you. One, one stood out for me. Um, it's like she's lived there for three years and come back and to tell us about it. How, how do you get that sort of authenticity in your sci-fi? Uh, a lot of research. Um, eat, sleep and breathe everything to do with Mars and just kind of figure out how are people living? You know, it's not just a it's not just a drama playing out in two dimensions. It's it's all around them. It's everything that they experience. It's the tastes, the smells, the the things that they touch, the the, the platforms that they walk on. Everything is part of that experience. The suits that they wear, how they interact with each other when they're in the suits. So it's putting myself inside everybody's head. Because my book is written from almost like a narrator's point of view. So I'm above everybody looking at them and seeing how they interact with each other. The whole idea is to to bring to life all of those experiences, everybody's experience from their point of view. Um, things that, that they smell, things that they touch, everything comes into it. I guess maybe that's where it came from. Um, just trying to really live that experience well the 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 research is is obvious and um yeah you deeply immerse yourself in that world i've um i have to declare i'm a bit of a mars geek myself and uh (laughs) shed a bit of a tear when oppie oh Oh, (laughs) (laughs) i couldn't stop all those cartoons 
cartoons, I almost had to mute people because I just want, didn't want to see another cartoon about how cold it's getting and dark. And I'm like, no, don't go there. We 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 are Mars is of course part one, which you you just touched on. Yes. Um, of the series. Why did you want to make it a series? Was that a conscious decision to start out, or did you just realise that as you started writing? Um, it it was. It came to be a conscious decision once I'd actually plotted out the whole story. Uh, I realized there was too much for one book. Um, you mentioned that you're writing a sci-fi epic. I didn't want to go the route of epic um, because this is my debut in sci-fi. This is my first novel. And I thought I'll keep each book, each part of the story more or less self-contained. Um, just from the point of view that it's easier to digest in smaller pieces. And I think from an audience point of view, I wanted to see what the reception would be. Hopefully a phone call from Ridley, Ridley Scott at some point. At some point. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it would be great to have that sort of thing. I think every writer dreams of, of those sorts of things. But for me, it re really was just a matter of can I do this? Yeah. Halfway yeah. through, carried on going got the rest of the way through and I'm like, hey, I wrote a book. Well, there you go. Now I'm busy writing the second one and I don't know actually how I finished the first one. <laughs> <laughs> how long did it take you to write from um, start to um, From concept, sort of fleshing out the concept all the way to uh, my publishing date, which was uh, middle of May last year, I would say about 18 to 20 months, somewhere in that range. Uh-huh. Um, that gives me hope. <laughs> well, you know, I kind of quick and dirtied the whole thing. Not to say that the book is poorly written or anything. It's just I didn't I didn't fuss over it too much because yeah. the story came very easily to me. I mean, I had the concept pretty solidly worked out before I started the actual writing. So that part for me was easy. And I, I guess because it was my first go at it, I really didn't have any hang-ups about how to write it perfectly. Um, I just wanted to write it. I just wanted to get it out and get it done. The second one is taking me a lot longer. It's actually kicking my butt a bit. Um, I'm probably about a month behind where I was this time, this time last year. Yeah, tell me about your journey from uh, artist, photographer to um, picking up a pen and wanting to write science fiction. Um, it, it's a It's a bit of an involved story. I mean, I, I trained and worked as a graphic designer for 20, 25 years. Um, I still do a fair amount of graphic design, although it's mostly through our own business that we have here. Um, I got to the point where I felt like I had a, a creative message to, to put out, more to just kind of sort out my creative process for myself. So I wrote my first book, Authentic Creativity, uh, which was like a manifesto of my creative philosophy and process. And uh, that I did, uh, I published that one in 2016, also self-published. Um, it was more really about getting that out of my head so that I had space for other projects. Um, I decided to, to try my hand at writing because the uh, authentic creativity had sort of given me the confidence to to try to do creative writing um so it was about finding the idea and going with it and uh 
that was and and I like sci-fi sci-fi has always been a passion for me it's one of my favorite genres and I thought well let me give it a try um you know the story about how I came up with the idea so the rest is really just about uh, figuring out how to put it together and um, because I'd done authentic creativity, I had some idea of how the writing process and going through with an editor and everything else worked. So I thought, why not? Let's give it a try. Always interesting writers who undertake the self-published journey, which you've done. Mm-hmm. What, what advice would you give to somebody starting out on this? As an indie author, I would say do your research. Um, research is critically important understand the industry understand what your options are um don't cut corners with cost you're going to have to pay for everything yourself all your marketing all your publishing costs all of your production time that includes writing editing revision um, those are all things that you're going to need to foot the bill for and don't go into it thinking you're going to make money because I think to start with, you're going to lose money. And unless your story is really good and it's really polished, um, it can be quite disheartening. So the whole thing for me was starting out as an indie, the reason I did it is I could maintain control over my process. And that was important for me because I needed to learn about the process. I needed to learn about writing and the writing industry Um, Being an author is something that I'm new at and I've kind of bootstrapped my whole way through really just because I wanted to learn Um, and I've learned quite a bit and one of the things, as I say, don't try and uh, cut corners because that's just going to land you in a position where you are not happy with the results. You don't get any readers and then you feel like you've failed and failure is not bad don't get me wrong failure is not bad but you don't want to fail for the wrong reasons you don't want to fail because you haven't spent the money on an editor you don't want to fail Mm. because you haven't spent the money on a cover yeah you know good advice failure is a very good teacher (laughs) (laughs) but uh that it's also my mantra with um the podcast and um, my, my business, which is Madhouse Media Publishing, but, but yes. just do, do it properly. Like, yes. um, just because you've written the first draft doesn't mean you rush out to smash words and upload it. <laughs> you can if you're trying to get feedback on if your writing's any good or if your ideas are any good. What you shouldn't be doing is publishing a whole book that mm. nobody else has looked at. Yeah. It's a big journey, the self-publishing mm-hmm. journey. What, what's the best bit of advice you've received either from people in your network or maybe online mentors you've you've found and subscribed to? Um, well, I'm part of the Twitter writing community, which I absolutely love. Um, they're That's a blast where we met. hang out with. Yeah. Um, and I would say probably the best advice that I kind of take to heart every day is don't give up. Even on those days when it feels like the editing is not going your way, you found a dozen plot holes, um, your Twitter account is 
lost 17 followers or 700 <laughs> followers, whatever it might be. Your social media is basically lagging. You haven't made any sales on Amazon. Nobody's read it on Kindle Unlimited. Don't give up because tomorrow might be a completely different story. Um, things ebb and flow. And, uh, you know, being in that community on Twitter, you get that support constantly. You get that yeah. positive feedback constantly telling you not to give up. Don't, don't, don't fail yourself by saying, oh, well, I'm no good at this. Oh, well, I can't do this. Oh, well, my book is no good. Oh, well, I haven't made sales, so it must be bad. Um, it, must, it must work sometime. And the only way to do that or only way to, to reach that point is to give it time. Yeah, and it's a long game too, isn't it? It's not a, it's not a short game. You've got to, got to play the long game with this. I um, published a small book of short stories a couple of years ago. And yeah. um, I always get a thrill when um, Smashwords drop some money into my bank account. It might, it That's might awesome. Much, but, it, but it's just a reminder that somebody's actually paid for it and read it. And that's... yes. It mightn't be much, but it's like, wow, it's, it's still out there, you know, entertaining oh, exactly. people. I, I had the, a recent experience where uh, um, I just went, went down to Vancouver for a book signing recently at a bookstore, and I was kind of beside myself because I thought, what if nobody comes to the table and says hi? And I'm just going to be sitting there the whole time, and people are going to be ignoring me and walking past. And what the happened? opposite was true. I have a whole bunch of friends on there that came out to support me. A bunch of them bought the book. Fabulous. A whole bunch of them already had the book. Um, <laughs> so they just came to say hi and, you know, make it look like I had people coming to the table the whole three hours I was there. What That's was great, great was the bookstore bought, uh, you know, 60 copies of the book and they've put it all over the bookstore. And I was thrilled because that to me is confirmation that, it's good enough to be there alongside those other books. Of course it is. You know, I may not have made a huge mess of profit off of the, the sales of those and, you know, spent it all on gas money getting down there. <laughs> but uh, it was fun. It was a really good experience and it's it's got marketing mileage. Yeah. And great validation as well. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. We were talking about Twitter earlier and, and of course, the um, the – Twitter community, hashtag writing community, which um, I stumbled yeah. across and I just think it's the best thing I've found on Twitter. It's, <laughs> in, it's in amazing, it really is. Um, but um, my question is, I guess, um, what, what, what do you think is the best thing for Twitter for writers? And engagement. what's the worst thing as well? <laughs> I would say engagement is your number one thing. You need to not worry too much about writing your own tweets, although although you should. And and I I've started doing a lot of the um um the uh, very short stories, so VSS three six five, which is one of the microfiction things, just so that I'm putting something out more or less every day. Yeah. Um, I ask valid questions like who's writing who's revising who's doing what and i did that today in a poll and i had a fair amount of feedback on that yeah um yeah, you're very talk about, 
Yeah, I talk about those small victories and I talk about those those fears that people have in common, you know, that, that stuff that evokes an emotion. But oh, I also okay. I also engage other people's posts. When I see someone has got a book launch coming up, I you know, say best wishes, have have a blast. Um, if somebody's having trouble with something, I'll try and help if I can. So it's engagement. It really is working that connection with people. Negatively, I would say don't don't engage the trolls because they're out there. Those Twitter trolls come in various shapes and sizes, but the ones that I find tend to really irritate me and the ones that I tend to have a say about afterwards are the ones that will post onto something in a completely unrelated way, just to get a rise out of a person. Yeah. Uh, and there, there have been a couple of people that have done that sort of thing recently. Um, there's, there's some negativity to the, the community and I would think that that's normal. It attracts, it attracts good and, and bad elements. Um, but don't get, don't engage that. Don't engage the bad element. Um, try to stay away from engaging the trolls. Don't get into a discussion with them. So it really is about finding that balance for yourself. Yeah. Like you're actually after. What What do you think is the one thing that new writers get wrong when they start using Twitter? Over promotion of their own stuff. Um, or they go and they buy followers. I would I would strongly advise against buying followers. You have mm. to build organic feed. You have to be talking to people who know what you're experiencing, have that in common as a writer. Don't go and buy 10,000 followers because those are the bots that we see so often that can't speak English. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I tend to block those straight away. But, um, yeah, it's, it's build your feed organically. Build your, build your following organically. Um, don't over-promote your book. And help other people. Yeah, I see, that, I see that a lot of people just saying, buy my book, buy my book, buy my book. Well, you don't <laughs> I have to think. coming at you the whole time because that's the reason you don't want to answer the door when someone knocks on it. Um, yeah. It's the same response you're going to evoke from them. I've, I've always thought it's a strange strategy for people to use in a writing group or community. <laughs> to, to, um... I, think would, I think it would service them well to to open up a little instead of just saying, Oh, this is my book. Please buy it. Mm -hmm. Give people a reason to like you first. Yeah. Okay. And, and if they like you, they might buy your book, but don't expect them to be um, tied to each other. I mean, I have almost, I've got, I've got 6,800 or no, sorry, 5,800 followers on Twitter. I don't know how, don't ask me how, but <laughs> I don't ask them to buy my book every single day. I've got a pinned post, and if they want to buy it, it's there, but yeah. I'm not promoting my book every day. I'll promote from time to time, like if I've got a sale going. But I have found my most success in sales coming from Twitter because of reciprocal engagement. 
yeah. where I've helped someone or I've bought their book and then they'll buy it for me. And I'm like, I'm always gobsmacked when someone buys my book from me. It's a good feeling. It's a great feeling. And um, <laughs> I'm, I'd never take it for granted. I mean, I'm still new at this, but, you know, every every sale is a happy dance. Yeah. <laughs> and a glass of champagne. As a, <laughs> as, as a creative, independent writer, um, mm. how, how do you manage your time and, <laughs> and your, and, and your <laughs> goal setting? Like I, you've spoken about um, writing a series. Um, yeah. Obviously, you need to set goals for that. What, what's I your try, approach? I try. Um you know, my husband and I have been in business for so long that we we chronically overworked. We're workaholics, both of us, pushing 15, 16-hour days a lot of the time. Um, I just – I spend probably – I try not to spend more than about two hours and a lunch break on social media and marketing every day. The rest of the time I'm writing or editing – or trying to figure out what my cover is going to look like. Um, I work only on one project at a time. I, I don't know how people manage to do more than one thing at a time. I can't stay focused unless I'm working <laughs> an exclusive project. Um, I used to be able to juggle many more things when I was doing graphic design. I, I had a workbook full of projects that I was working on. But as far as writing goes, if I don't have absolute focus on one thing I can't get it done and when it's time to sit down and work I normally start on the editing or the writing at about 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning and then I'll take frequent breaks because I can't sit here for two hours solidly staring at a piece of paper with red marks mm. on it yeah it just doesn't work for me I get to the point where I'm looking at it and I can't understand what I'm looking at anymore so there's a lot of dilly-dallying going on fiddling with the cat going and making more tea and eventually I get through <laughs> stuff. I don't know how. I don't know how. Goals, I set loose goals for myself. Oh, I want to publish and get it finished and out the door by August. Yeah. That's it. That's the only goal. I'm, I'm struggling at the moment because my editor has got me or holding me to a deadline and I'm like, I hate deadlines. <laughs> I hate deadlines. I, I used to work to deadlines all the time and I have – beginnings of an ulcer because of it so i i love uh, douglas adams quote about deadlines he loves the whooshing sound they make as they fly by yes <laughs> well um we might wrap it up and thank thanks so much for talking to us on the ebook revolution podcast but i've got one final question yeah. um you obviously love sci-fi and you're a fantastic sci-fi writer your books oh, thank you. um engage me from the first few pages i've just started reading it you obviously love sci-fi so who are your heroes who are your sci-fi writers that you look to well you mentioned a few minutes ago douglas adams i oh, love yeah. his guide to the galaxy i've got the set of um his books all in one like compendium uh, um, genius yeah <laughs> um i enjoyed Many of Michael Crichton's uh, science fiction thrillers, and I think that he's been a huge influence on me. 
um, his books Micro and Prey and uh, Timeline, um, all really good science fiction, speculative um, stories, Jurassic Park, obviously. Yeah. But the book was better than the movie, I'll say that, um, although the movie is pretty fantastic. Um, a bunch of them. Jules Verne is one of my sort of long-time influences. And um, from a from a different perspective, I would say, you know, I, I've been influenced a lot by TV as well. Um, I'm a big Star Trek fan. Oh, yeah. Don't you love I, the new Discovery? I love Star Trek. I've watched every Star Trek, and I'll watch them over and over again. I also enjoy things like Stargate, and um, not the biggest fan of Star Wars, although I've watched them all. I find that more fantasy than sci-fi. Yeah. Yes. So there's there's plenty of those influences, and all the new sci-fi shows as well that you you get in these days. There's a big resurgence of that sort of thing. Oh, there's so much new stuff. Yes, the, and the expanse that's uh, yeah, fabulous. Yeah, yeah, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't pass up a um, watching an Aliens movie again. You know, the Alien um, movies with Sigourney Weaver. So that Terminator, all of that stuff, it's all there. Every part of that is is coming through my fingers when I write science fiction. What is it about sci-fi that you like? Oh. If you could sum it up in one sentence. The unlimited ability to imagine what is possible. That's fabulous. We'll leave it there. Cheryl Thanks. Lawson, thanks for talking to us on the ebook Revolution podcast. Thanks, Jeff. It was uh, good to chat to you. And that was uh, Cheryl Lawson from uh, We Are Mars. Um, and you can um, find out more from uh, Cheryl's um, website, which is... Uh, wearemars.com and um, there's links out to the book right there if you pop along to the ebookrevolutionpodcast.com website you can get the complete show notes for episode 27 so um, that has all the links and everything you need to um, find out more follow Cheryl on Twitter of course and uh Cheryl's an incredibly um, giving person on on Twitter. If if you're a new writer, hop onto Twitter, which is um, just a fantastic resource uh, to get in contact with uh, people just like you who are learning to write, trying to figure out all this self-publishing stuff, and sometimes you know traditional publishing as well. There's a fantastic. hashtag within Twitter which we discussed uh, hashtag writing community and um, I tell you what it's um, changed the way I've used Twitter I've met some incredible people some uh, just fantastic human beings and all around nice and funny people who can give you all sorts of um, useful very useful advice about writing and self-publishing on Twitter. And indeed, that's um, where I met Cheryl. So um, if you're starting out, I can't recommend uh, Twitter as a tool to get in contact with um, new writers.
it's uh, just fantastic. It's not all bitter anger and shouting if you get away from the politics on Twitter. It's uh, just a great way to get in touch with other artists and get into some great conversations. As I said, use the uh, Twitter hashtag, um, hash writing community. Well, I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, what can I say? It's a it's a fantastic book. We are Mars. I, I'm a sci-fi geek myself, and uh, I'm working on my own uh, sci-fi book at the moment called The Watchers. Um, if you if you'd like to learn more about that, pop along to my website, which is um, www jeffhughes.com.au or you can follow me on uh, Twitter um, all the uh, links are there on uh, ebookrevolutionpodcast.com or if you're on Twitter just jeffhughes01 well that's it for me Jeff Hughes from the ebook revolution podcast hope you enjoyed the show hope you've been inspired by Cheryl's success and determination to um, complete that book you're working on because it is possible. Go and do yourself a favour, as they say. <laughs> uh, check out wearemars.com for all the information about Cheryl's book. But it's it's uh, quite quite an achievement, and um, she should be rightly proud. It's been great fun talking to to her on the podcast that's it for me Jeff Hughes from the Eve Book Revolution podcast mm-hmm.